try to make sure that I'm regularly having those conversations with people on my team, but also with myself so that I myself stay inspired and engaged and, and forward thinking about what the future is and how I continue a high level of enthusiasm and commitment to my own work. You're listening to The Hospitality Leaders. Each week on the show, we bring you conversations with leaders in the hospitality, event, and food service industries. Our conversations help you understand the state of the industry, the challenges we all face today, and what the future holds. Subscribe and be sure to check out our website for more resources at hospitalityleaderspodcast.com. This episode is brought to you by Upshift. Our on-demand staffing platform allows businesses to hire high-quality hourly workers with peace of mind. Find out more at upshift.work. I'm here today with Abby Poklar. She's the Chief Development Officer and Vice President of Philanthropy for COSI. How are you doing today, Abby? Great, Chris. Thanks for having me. I am very excited to have you here today. I think if people listen to the show, they know that I get really uh, hyped about places I've been before. And my family and I go to COSI pretty much all the time at this point. We were just there a couple of weeks ago to see the brand new Marvel exhibit. So if there are any Marvel fans out there, obviously, it's a ton of fun. Abby, if you wouldn't mind kind of just telling us a little bit about yourself and then maybe a little bit about COSI. Sure, sure. I am privileged to be able to lead the philanthropy program at COSI. That means our community-based fundraising work, our membership work, and some of our, our programs as well. I've been at COSI twice. The first time for about 10 years and then most recently for about 11 years and what's called a boomerang. But COSI is a science and technology center. Um, downtown. We're in downtown Columbus on the Scioto Peninsula. We've been around for almost 60 years, founded in 1964. And we are really just all about how we engage, inspire, and transform, making a difference in the lives of people. And you know, COSI is a nonprofit organization. And the work we do with our, our donors, both individual and organizational in the community, is really central to the impact we're able to make in the community. That's awesome. One of the things when you and I were talking prior to this that we discussed it and that I loved was that you're a mission-based organization. What, what is that mission? Or, or it, it, Can you articulate that for us? Sure, sure. Our mission and vision is that we engage, inspire, and transform lives and communities by being the best partner. Partner is really important um, in science, technology, and industry learning. The science, we like to say science is everywhere and science is for everyone. Think about from the moment you wake up in the morning and you take your first look at your cell phone, you've engaged with science. And science impacts all of our daily lives. And it's really about building science literacy, getting people excited about COSI, our young people, and even people in their careers, thinking about STEM as a career pathway. With all of the current and future STEM-based work in our community, there's, there's going to be a need for a pipeline of people that, that in STEM-based careers. So we really see our work as important in inspiring uh, that next generation of um, leaders and STEM professionals in our community. Awesome. Awesome. So as a facility, how big is COSI? Because like my family and I go there all the time and I have been yet unable to get through just one of the multiple floors in one trip. How sure. big is the facility? 320,000 square feet, four, wow. I'm sorry, three football fields long. I moved to our current facility in 1999. And at that time, there was not much on the Scioto Peninsula. Now there's development. It's such exciting development. Hotels and restaurants and retail and um, office space building up all around us. And the, the, on the east side of COSI is the old Central High School. 
um, an original high school in the Columbus community. And in the mid 90s, when the community was looking for Cosi's next location, we had outgrown our old location, the, the bringing together of uh, Central High School that had been closed and the building was deteriorating, bringing together the mission of COSI and school in the city of Columbus was the perfect marriage for COSI's next location. Awesome. Awesome. Now, you've talked about being mission-driven in, in the community, and we've talked about the amazing facility you have, but what kind of things are you doing in the community? I know you and I talked about a couple of them, but obviously I think you're much better off explaining them than I am. Sure, sure. You know, when you think about, COSI has been an organization that has always done educational programming in the community. We're known for things like our camp-in overnight program. We invented the night at the museum. Oftentimes when I meet people that grew up in Columbus, they say, oh, I slept on the floor at COSI when I was a Boy Scout or I was a Girl Scout. And we also have done programs like COSI on Wheels that would take big trucks to schools. We would set up in the gymnasium, do a huge science assembly, and then the classes would come and do hands-on science um, throughout the day. Here comes March 2020, COVID, and all of those things come to a screeching halt. Our daily admissions, our memberships, our school-based programming, our community-based programming, and then you think, what do we do, right? We're an, or a nonprofit organization and um, 75% of our revenue comes from earned income. The other 25% is contributed income. So uh, we really had to think differently about our work. So we really doubled down on that community work. And, and our community work is about responding to the needs of the community. And during COVID, the needs of the community changed. We had to meet people where they were and where were they? They were at home. So we emerged our digital programming. We On our website, we have a portal called COSI Connects which is access to hands-on science activities and videos. And it's all curated around topics and themes and, and it aligns with uh, science standards. So it's a resource for families, people doing homeschool and teachers. And then we also started these COSI Connects kits or what we call them our learning lunch boxes. And these are kits that have five science activities, every single thing you need to do the activity, a workbook, it has QR codes that you can scan and there's continuing videos and resources around topics. And you can buy a COSI Connects kit, but about 90% of the kits that we're doing are through public partnership and reaching those people that need that inspiration most. COVID has really shown that kind of digital divide and people that maybe didn't have access to technology or broadband. So we've been working with social service organizations, food banks, foster homes, recovery centers, and we've done almost 100,000, just over 100,000 kits since COVID. And again, mainly serving those in our community that need that impact most. We have been in all 88 counties and we've even done some work across the nation and internationally with these kids. I think COVID is one of those examples of just, you gotta double down on your mission and think differently about how you do it. And that programming will, even though we, you know, we were closed for 15 months, we're back open, but that programming, that new programming continues for us. If we look at pre-COVID, you've outlined a, a lot of where you're at. What is the facility like now? Has Have people returned? Is there confidence? Do you have a team to work? What does it look like for you? Yeah, the COVID, our COVID closure was um, a huge impact for the organization. As I mentioned, significant financial impact. We had a devastating 85% reduction of staff 
And we were down to kind of 30-ish people on team. And it was really about building back up the organization and different types of needs for the organization. So along the way, we were able to add more staff and we're at about 120 staff right now, but pre-COVID we were 300-ish staff of full and part-time, still significant um, different level of, of operation, but it just, you know, required us to think differently. And so we are, we are currently operating on four days um, a week over the holidays. We were open seven days a week and with extended hours, come see us over spring break. We'll either be open five or seven days a week, depending on what week it is. And and then also some extended hours. So we are open. We are thriving. As you mentioned, we have this incredible Marvel exhibit right now. It's a limited engagement exhibit. It is a great exhibit. It is so fun. You get to see artifacts and costumes from Marvel movies. You get to see some original Marvel comics. I, I got to admit, I you know, I didn't know much about Marvel before this exhibit came to because I had even tried to watch some of the Marvel movies and it just you know, it didn't didn't do anything for me. I saw this exhibit and I was so inspired. I, my favorite part of the exhibit is an interactive kiosk where you can learn about the originators of the Marvel comics, Stan Lee and his colleagues, and learned about each of the different roles they all had in the development of the comics and kind of their background and their experience. And it's made a Marvel fan out of me. I'm watching them in consecutive order on the five or six days in, and it just gives you a whole different a whole different experience when you see the exhibit. You get to try on try on being Iron Man and see how the suit works for you. And now that I've seen that movie and um, see the costume in the exhibit and get to do an interactive, it really, it's 80 years of Marvel in one place and many of the artifacts that you'll see have not been seen before. So it's a great exhibit and I encourage people to come and check it out. Yeah, my kids definitely love the Iron Man thing. They still, to this day, stand at home and want to see the video of them being suited up as Iron Man. And my wife's big takeaway was how tall or how short certain Marvel stars were. She loves seeing the costumes. She's out of it. I'm as tall as Black Panther. This is crazy. Yeah. It it was a lot of fun. it's It's an absolutely amazing exhibit. One of the things I want to do is swing back around to something you talked about before is meeting people where they are and taking a little bit of a different lens on that. Obviously, Post-COVID or as we're starting to try to get out of this year, people throw around things like the great resignation or, or the great reshuffling or whatever that looks like. But we are all trying to figure out what is it our team is looking for? What is it our leaders are looking for? And so if you are looking to meet them where they are, what are you doing to develop your team or engage your team, keep them there and excited about being part of COSI? Sure. I have a lot of value for professional development and how you do that as an individual and how you do that across an organization and for the team that you're responsible for. I was blessed early in my career to have people that took me under their wing. They asked me questions about what inspired me and what I wanted to do and what I wanted to be. And they helped me get that experience and that exposure so that I could go on and and continue to grow in my career. And I feel great responsibility for continuing to do that for myself, but also to, to do that for other people, to have those conversations with them. And what I think about as a part of this great resignation is about relationships, about authentic and real relationships with each other and with people on our team and how we talk about 
what they love about their work or what it might be the barriers that they're experiencing in their work. What are their goals and how you break those goals down into things that are bite-sized so that you can, can move those goals forward. I'm not perfect at it all the time, but really try to make sure that I'm regularly having those conversations with people on my team, but also with myself so that I myself stay inspired and engaged and and forward thinking about what the future is and how I continue a high level of enthusiasm and commitment to my own work. Now, you've obviously got what seems to be a very expansive position there. So how are you finding time to, to have these conversations about growth and development? And what do they physically look like for you? Is this like a scheduled meeting? Is it like a flyby and a conversation? What does it look like for you? Sure. It's all of that, really. Um, You know, I find that some of the best conversations are the ones that are unscheduled or the ones that that you didn't plan for. So I try to do a little bit of both. We have a process at COSI where every year we set, we look at the organizational goals, we set our departmental goals, we set our individual goals. So we have some structure to it. I make sure that I proactively schedule every quarter a chance to check in with everybody on my team. Um, And I'm blessed to work with a a team of people that are very goal-oriented and driven. Sometimes somebody puts into place a great practice that then we implemented across the team. But, and then also just getting to know people. We, We are adding some positions in my department right now. And I yesterday just sat down with one of our new team members. She's been on board for about three weeks. She doesn't report to me. She reports to somebody that reports to me, but you know, I just wanted to get to know her, understand her background and what she's most excited about her work and how's her onboarding going? What, what do I need to know about her? And I just think those authentic relationships, that's what fuels me. That's what fuels our work. And I think just understanding where people are, where they might have frustrations and understanding what you can do to help navigate through those things. That's outstanding. That's outstanding. Now, Abby, I've had, I've had this question in the back of my head, and I feel like you're the exact person to help me with this year. People, a lot of times, will take a, a job because it's a job. It, it looked, COSI looked cool. I had a good time there. Sure, they're hiring. Let's go take a look at it. But what a lot of people talk about is you build loyalty and engagement and longevity in your teams by getting them to commit to your organization, commit to your vision, commit to your mission, Right. So you being a very mission-driven organization, how are you getting team members that come into your organization to really understand COSI and understand your place in the community and then take that to a ownership level, right? Where like they own the mission that you're bringing them there to be a part of. Do you have any insights there? You know, Chris, this is a great question. This is something we talk a lot about at at, at COSI is about our culture. We're a nearly 60-year-old organization Our culture has always been one of the most important and vibrant parts of our organization. And you have ups and downs in culture. There are hard times, there are good times. And as we have thought about our response to COVID, it's not really post-COVID yet, but we're reopened, we're back and operating again. We've started to, we have the time now and the space to think about culture you know, what bolsters our culture, what hinders our culture. So I'm leading a process right now at the organization and we're calling it our our culture discovery process. And we first convened our senior leaders and talked frankly about COSI culture. 
And generally, there's huge sentiment about what a great culture we have, but also the understanding that there's always things you need to be working on in your culture and things that might might be hindering you. And we did an exercise with the full team, and we asked everyone to submit three words that embodied Kosai's culture for them. And um, this is really, you know, about how we articulate what our culture is. Because we've always thought, oh, we have a great culture here, but what does that mean? And how are we using the same words to describe our culture? And so we, all these words were submitted and we synthesized them and we've been doing some writing about our culture. But Kosai's culture is about being welcoming and supportive and innovative and passionate and being an educational place. The place is about not only education of the community, but education of ourselves. So it's been a, a great process. And every step of the way, we have been ext- extended who's participating in the conversation from a leadership perspective. On Monday, we um, had all of our executive leadership, our senior leadership, all of our directors and our senior managers in virtual meeting. We did breakout rooms and it was continuing this conversation about culture. And what we're working to do is put together a roadmap that is our action items and our priorities around how we how we embody our culture at COSI. So I just think it's something you've got to talk about. It's something you have to be purposeful about. You have to have um, real conversation because there's certainly things that as an organization that we need to be working on and that are opportunities to make sure that our team is engaged in our work. Now, Abby, I, I realize that you and I are going down a rabbit hole we never talked about. So uh, <laughs> I do want to keep asking a couple of questions here. So you've used a couple of words that I love. You've talked about being authentic. You've talked about being passionate. You've talked about being purpose-driven. How are you helping to build these qualities in, in people that come and work for you, right, or come and work with you? Are, how are you raising these leaders from somebody who walks through the door for the first time to being authentic, being purposeful, being passionate? What kind of things are you all doing in COSI? Now, we have a, a fairly robust approach to how we do professional development at the organization. We just, um, in October, we took a almost a full day together as an entire, we call them all team meetings. We did strengths strengths finder together. And it was a great experience. It's one of those days where you get assigned to sit at a different table. So you're getting to meet new people in the organization <laughs> or people you don't see every day and having the opportunity to talk about, you know, what I love about strengths finders is it's not about what you need to fix about yourself, but it's about what your strengths are and how you bolster those things. And so how we are our true authentic selves to the max. And then we did some social time together. So that's a great example of some of the things that we do in the organization to, to build our capacity as leaders. And I think it's also about being a role model, showing people how much excitement and fulfillment you can get from your work if you see your work in that way. And so I just, I, I think one of the most important things we can do as leaders is to be great listeners, have relationships when there are barriers or things we need to deal with them. Sometimes we can't deal with them in the way that, you know, that person needs or wants, but at least we've tried. And so I just think that those are being a role model and and trying to um, lead by example, I think is something that's really important. That's outstanding. And and I think that these these non-task-based 
things are what are really engaging people, engaging their thoughts, engaging their passions, it works. Ideally, it'd be great if this is something that can be replicated even outside of your organization. I love all of these things that you're saying. This is absolutely, I'm, I've got like a page and a half of notes already. It's, yeah, I'm really enjoying this. Um, you are, go- you said you had 30 people, 120, you were at 300 before that. As you're bringing these new people in, what kind of advice are you giving them to be successful with COSI? You know, I think it's, we have organizational values that we have established as a part of our mission and vision. That's things like taking initiative, being great communicators, demonstrating teamwork. And so I think talking to people about the values of the organization and also how and recognizing how people embody those values. At the end of every team meeting that I do, we take the last five minutes and we acknowledge each other for how we have embodied the values of the organization. In our annual performance review process that we do a midterm evaluation, end of year term evaluation, part of that is values and how that person um, lives the values of the organization. So I think that's a really important part of it. Like shared language about what we're committing to is really important. Within my team and work group, we also, we have a set of commitments that we agree to. We've developed together, but those are things like we're continuous learners. We make decisions about what's best for our organization and our donors, not what's easiest for us. Things like that. And I think that the shared commitment, those shared values, that that's, help set the expectation or the commitments um, so that everyone's on the same page about how we're going to interact with each other, um, how we're going to engage in our work. And so I think that those are examples of things that I think are important. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and if I'm a, a leader joining your organization, you've given all kinds of great advice so far. I, like I said, page and a half of notes here. So if you're a leader joining your organization, what kind of advice are you zeroing in on uh, to, to give them as their first go around here as a leader? I think it's about, you talk about things like relationships, relationships across the organization, relationships across the community. As leaders of the organization, we need to have both of those things. And so I think that's something that we cultivate in leaders in our organization. I think there's opportunities for us to think about how We provide more professional development around that, more ongoing conversation, because we're all about, right? We're doing this, we're doing this conversation via Zoom. And what worked before, let's go grab coffee or let's have lunch together, or some of that still happens, but not nearly to the extent of so many more options now. It's let's jump on a Teams call and have a quick conversation. But I just think thinking about relationships and how to foster those and I think that's something we as leaders really need to think about and talk with each other about and share ideas about what's working or what's not working or what we might need to see differently. That's something as leaders come into our organization that, that we want to talk with them about. That's outstanding. You know, like I said, this has been a great conversation. And I hope that as people are listening to this, as people are watching this, that they understand that this connection to the team, this connection to the community, this is unique. And this is something that as we push forward and we want to engage our teams, it's those deep connections that are going to really make a difference and really separate you from an organization that is here for a flash in the pan or is here for 60 years and is three football fields big and is complete center of the community. 
which is absolutely outstanding. I, I will tell you, I am I'm going away with a ton from this authenticity, passion, being purposeful. I think those are all great uh, things to zero in on. And uh, Abby, I thank you very much. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, this has been great conversation. And, you know, none of us do this perfect. We all have lessons to learn or things that we could do better. And I think that it's something that I, as a professional, continually think about. I know COSI as an organization is really continuing to think about culture and employee engagement. And there's always work to do in that area. And just one last thing that I was thinking about as we were finishing that last topic was around like how you tether yourself to the mission or the impact and what drives you in your work. Because inevitably in your work, you have that stressful moment or that day you want to throw up your hands or nothing's going your way. And for me at COSI, that has always been like, take a break go walk around the museum. Hopefully it's a day that we're open and the museum is full of people and you can see what it's all about or even stay or closed, pulling up some pictures and, and looking at that impact. In between my two stints at COSI, I worked at our local humane society. And what that meant for me was you, you take the dog that's been at the shelter the longest out for a walk. But it really, it's about like what tethers you to what you're trying to accomplish. And I just, I think that's something that I have always wanted to see stuff from the positive and I can't get too mired down into the hard stuff and the negative stuff without getting solution oriented. So I have always chose to think about how I connect myself so I can feel that impact we're trying to make so that I can get myself grounded again, stand up and start again. That's outstanding. I love that. I've got tether yourself just highlighted here on my sheet right now. So I like that. I love that. So Abby, if people are looking to uh, find out more about COSI, where do they go? Sure. Go to COSI.org. Check us out. Look at our hours, our exhibits. We are fun for all ages. We are not just a children's museum. This Marvel exhibit is a great example. You can jump on our app. You can purchase tickets. We make it easy for you when you come and check in. And COSI.org, follow us on social media. You can see lots of great pictures of some of the great work that's happening in our organization. Awesome. And if somebody wants to connect with you, how do they do that? Sure. Via LinkedIn, Abigail Poplar. You can find me there. Also, my con- my contact information is on COSI's website. Awesome. Abby, thank you very much for your time today. This has been outstanding and uh, I look forward to seeing you again in the future. Thanks, Chris. Happy to be connected. Thank you for listening. And we hope you found this episode insightful. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star review. You can find more information and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode at hospitalityleaderspodcast.com. This episode is brought to you by Upshift. Our on-demand staffing platform allows businesses to hire high-quality hourly workers with peace of mind. Find out more at upshift.work.